Cheerio. Log Talk Radio. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and cool, step right up. Behind this curtain lies a ghastly concoction of delight, horror, fantasy, and terror. Your every wish is our command. Your every whimsical desire brought to life. But I'm warning you, there's always a price. Welcome to the greatest And welcome back to the greatest show on earth that is Talking Terror. As always, I'm your old pal, the King of Horror, Andy G. Welcome to this episode of the show, where tonight we're going to be talking about the Mad Monkeys film pick of the week from 1990, The Witches, directed by Nicholas Rogue. And also, I want to welcome you to the spooky season. Wah, wah, wah. Yeah, we did it, guys. <laughs> Finally made it to fucking October. It's the best month of them all. It's the spookiest season of them all. And we are happy to be kicking it off with the Mad Monkeys family-friendly film pick, because that's what he does every year. Picks a little family-friendly horror film to talk about, and we love him for it, because that is his tradition, and he knows he's going to stick to that. Or maybe he'll pick a gore fest next year. Who knows? We'll find out next Halloween season. But we are on this Halloween season. And first, let me introduce to you the bold and the beautiful, the Go Geek Keith. Oh, I don't you have any cakes here? I like me a good nibble on a cakey, I do. And I love those pudding pies and popsy popsies. I would like more, please, more. Welcome, everybody, to, to oh, not the, the Vavitch. Not the Vavitch, no, no. Today we, we are going to be covering the witch is here on Witch is. Terror. Which is yeah, which. Yeah. What's great is that this episode we can talk about Bruno, guys. We fucking did it. We can talk about Bruno finally. <laughs> because he's in this fucking movie. We found him. We found him, guys. He's English and he has a Scottish father. That makes a lot of sense in this world. But we're going to talk about that oh, later on in the show. Hold, hold, hold on, hold on. I'm getting, wait, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. Holy shit. Hold the presses, everybody. Let me go get my BP yeah. machine out real yeah. quick. I, I got to check. I got to check. Is it me, or did the king just make some Disney-centric humor right there? Holy crap. <laughs> we got Disney jokes, people. The, the world, Hi-ya. the sky must be falling. Somebody contact Chicken Little. We I think that was a DreamWorks movie. But, but you know what? I think the sky is it was falling. Disney. It was the Disney. King, the, oh, was it? Was Chicken Little? You know what? I never saw it. Didn't bother. Not for me. Um, but, uh, but yes, wow, wow, King, I am impressed. But yes, yes, indeed. We, you know, we don't talk about Bruno except for today. We will talk about Bruno tonight. Q, we are the champions. So I can do my victory lap. We are the champions. But we did it. I made a good reference. Yes. This is my time. So, <laughs> I'm happy I did it. Anyway, we're also joined by the psychotic Simeon. The guy who picked this episode, the Mad Monkey, the Prince by Morris Day. Yes, get funky with the monkey. That's right, King. You know what time it is, boys and ghouls. It's Talking Terror time, baby. So pop in those earbuds and let the sexy sounds of Talking Terror stimulate and scintillate your body as we come to you live every Wednesday night from 9 to 11. But if you can't catch us live, you can always catch us on Spotify and iTunes. Just remember to be a dear and like and subscribe to Talking Terror on Instagram and Facebook. What's up, Rock Family? Woo! <laughs> All right. Ready to go. 
everything. All that cocaine does justice. So we're happy to have you back, of course, as always. Because we're family we're friendly. We're also joined by oh, very astute, very educated, very humble, the demonic dean, everybody. Hello, I am the Dean, and I'm going to be the Dean stand-in at the moment because uh, I'm going to guess that he is having some some kind of technical difficulty. I hear him lightly wow. in the distance. He sounds he sounds far away, but but he is here. Hey, you guys. Are we? I'm, 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 are you hearing me? Yeah. Now, we now, are now we are hearing the one and only Dean. Yes, thank you. Yeah. I don't know what the fuck that was because I changed nothing. Yeah. But anyway, okay. Well. So exciting <laughs> to, to talk about all of the exciting material we have for this evening. My 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 excitement, my cupeth is overjoyed with 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 happiness. Your cupeth is overfilled. Over. <laughs> oh my! My cupeth runneth <laughs> over. <laughs> <laughs> Something's yeah, running so, over. <laughs> well, yes, we do have uh, horror news to talk about, obviously. Uh, uh, you guys want to talk about She-Hulk to kick it off so uh, Dean can take a quick nap? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> we know you do, Because episode seven is from She-Hulk, turn And if I'm not mistaken, guys, is this the first episode without a tag? Like there was no title card? Because I didn't see one. Nope, no, no tag. And again, no, yeah. no post credits. <laughs> no, again, no post credits, but no, no title card. I was like, okay. I thought I was seeing things. I had to rewind it like twice. So I was like, wait a sec, where's the title card? No, <laughs> there was none. I guess because she's so depressed over getting ghosted that she just didn't have time for a title card. Yeah, this past week. Which again, Indeed. crushing blow to Miss Walters. I mean, goddamn! I was like, finally, she's getting some, you know, and nope. Checking that phone, you know, crying, singing bop to herself. I mean, that was pretty nice. Uh, that was pretty sad. So that, that's what that was, man. <laughs> because, you know, that, that's at that point when you're just really upset and you just hear that song and you want to be happy and sing it, but at the same time you're upset, so it's just, oh, there's tears. Like, you know, it's like, yeah, you want to be excited because it's a bopping song. According to Marie, she says it's a bopper. I say it's not, but you know, it's an annoying <laughs> song from the nineties. Yeah, but the, but this is what we said. You know, I was talking to you last last week, King. Is you know, I, I'm not going to trust anybody who hits on Jen. I'm not, you know. And sure enough, here we go. We have someone hit, we have someone hitting on Jen, and you know, it backfires. And then we start to learn that you know, here here's this week's lesson, ladies. Don't let guys into your fucking house, okay? Nope. You, you want to sit there and have them come them. over, do the deed. Yeah, or if you want to have them come over and do the deed, awesome. Then be like, all right, done. <laughs> Get out. Yeah, uh, but that, yeah, but then we're also seeing, you know, oddly enough, just how naive she is to how the world really works, man. Yeah, she is. As, as much of a good lawyer as she is, she's just kind of naive, you know? And there was something kind of... Uh, like teenager, like when she was getting ready for her dates, you know, like the first one, she's like, I don't know if I want him to kiss me. I'm just going to go sneak in and we're watching movies and we're hanging. I was very kind of like high school. I was like, I felt like that's where she was mentally, you know, getting ready for these dates and being prepared. And then the third one, she's like, bang city, baby. And I was like, yeah, you get for it, girl. 
You don't have to turn into She-Hulk. <laughs> Who wants to fuck Jen? Like, that's awesome. You know, you go get yourself some. You know, and of course, she does that whole thing of, you know, I just woke up and I'm smiling and doesn't respond. I'm like, oh, girl, been there. Hashtag relatable. <laughs> <laughs> they just don't call the next day, and then you want to text them 50 million times, and it's like, nope, can't do it. You know, what you up to? You know, hit me up, but no, they don't ever answer you back. And they're like, oh, God damn it. Then you just want to eat a bunch of Hagen dogs and watch her rom com. You know, just to kind of clear your head. But no, she doesn't do that. She has to go visit Emil Blonsky, where he has his own fucking therapy group. But I thought it was amazing the fact that and- Emil Blonsky is running his own <laughs> therapy group. <laughs> you know, with. You know, man bull, and the uh, the guy that's the vampire always talks about just blooding people, where he's just like, maybe she just sucked their blood. <laughs> and also on top of that, yeah. it's just, you know, it's, it's, it's not that he just has a self-help thing. He has this huge-ass nice complex for oh, yeah. his self-help yeah. thing. You know, <laughs> you know, yeah, you know, pay, paid for, you know, by his, uh, I think it's, his platinum subscribers or something like that. Yeah. I mean, he's got a yurt, you know, where he could go yurt out and, you know, ride that yurt, you know, and he has the calming chairs that you have to sit in, you know, to calm yourself down. You know, we find out that one of the gang members <laughs> is at that yurt just having fun. And then, of course, she attacks him because he's one of the gang members. But he's like, no, it's totally cool. Like, I'm not about that anymore. I'm all about peace. So oh, yeah. It's, calm it's, down. <laughs> Talk about what's oh, you. dude, yeah. As soon as she fucking sees him, she, like, she immediately hooks up and throws his ass across the room into the chairs, and much to Manbull's chagrin, because he just stacked those chairs. <laughs> well, and that's my question to you guys as well, because in that therapy session, after she turns back into Jen for the therapy, she returns back to normal, but so do her clothes. Like, they don't rip, they don't shred, but they're form-fitting. So where did she get those clothes when the dress she got from the designer wasn't form-fitting? I was like, well, wow, okay, got, so she has regular clothes. No, no, that. Yeah, no, 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 I think she got an entire wardrobe from him, not just, like, that one dress. I think she got a whole lot of stuff from him. Okay, so why did that form fit and the dress didn't? That was my, that's, like I said, that's my confusion. Like, the dress no, did, it didn't. the clothes did. No, it didn't, because when she's sitting in the chair, she was holding it. Really? I didn't notice that. I thought they just went right back to normal. Like, the pants seemed uh, no, to fit sitting in and sort of the chair. No, when she no, she was okay. she was holding it all up. So yeah, we okay, well, still have yeah. wardrobe. For some reason, we still have wardrobe issues, even though this motherfucker was paid lots of money. That's specifically he gave Jen some nice fucking shit. <laughs> yeah, you know. But I don't know. You know what? Uh, I, what, what I, I find funny. Good. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I just, you know, I, I, don't, I don't have so much to comment on the episode. I mean, you guys really definitely just went over just about everything with it. But what I do find Covered interesting, you know, it, is that, uh, <laughs> step by step, plot point by plot point. Um, actually, what I found interesting is, is, is your, your use of, of wording and terminology in regards to, to the situation Jen found herself within with this guy. Rather than looking at it yeah. as the, the male toxicity standpoint of what this guy did by being deceptive, by lying to her, by telling her all the things that he knew she wanted to hear, your guy's automatic right. reaction is, is like, oh, Jen's naive. Jen is the... He, why would we turn and blame Jen for, for this situation when the reality is, is this guy's the douchebag that did all of this stuff to her? 
Oh, yeah. I think that I think that more than anything else is kind of the thing that this show is strongly trying to show us at all times. Like I said from the start, this is a very female centric show, you know. So yeah. I don't think yeah. it was Jen's naivety yeah. that that caused that situation. I think you know we have to look at this guy and realize, hey, that guy's a villain. Like something something is oh, off he here. Is. Yeah. Well, I mean, oh, that, yeah, I think absolutely. that is a little bit of both. Yeah. It's just, I think it's a little bit of naivete mixed with the villain. Yeah. Yeah, but yeah. at the same That's time, it's I'd also to sit there and, and teach women to, you know, still, even though you like the guy and whatnot, be responsible. Be responsible about yourself and, you know, just don't let anyone in and definitely don't let anyone sleep over, you know, until you actually know the person. Yeah, or maybe but just go through it, his phone when he goes to take But is it okay for a guy to do that with a female? Like, I don't know, like, I kind of feel like, like and again, like, I, I hate to use all, like, these, these terms that I see all over television and shit, but that almost feels like mansplaining. Like, you're like, oh, well, don't have men sleep over that you only meet on the first night. Like, listen, plenty of women out there like to have one-night stands, and they're entitled to do that kind of shit, just like there are guys that, I guess, you know, we like to call fuck yeah. boys and stuff like that, you know, and they have mm-hmm. one-night stands. I'm not turning around telling them, oh, don't have strange women sleeping over your house at night. I mean, you know, blah, 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 blah. like, again, people, adults are, are consenting and allowed to do the things that they want to do. And I think we see Jen as an adult. Now, obviously, we're going to look at her as a character and, and you're going to look at her in a sympathetic, in a sympathetic way because she is right. the, our, our lead character of the series. But... But like I said, I do think that there's a, uh, a a deeper overall message going on within this entire series that I, I am appreciating. These are the things that I like more than anything else I'm seeing in the series. Yeah. And I think you're absolutely right. You know, but at the same time, I just don't want to see her get hurt. <laughs> I like Jen a lot. I just don't want to see her get hurt by anybody. So I'm always like, just don't. Don't trust that guy. Jen, just be home alone. I'm like, Please, I don't want to see you get hurt. You know, I just I feel bad, you know, because I, I feel a connection to the character. I like what they're doing. It's really well written to make me care for a character like that. I was like, it's a fictional character. And I'm like, please, Jen, just be happy. <laughs> you can do it. Girl. Hey, Come hey, well, welcome to Marvel, King. <laughs> yeah, no, I felt that for other characters, but especially for Jen, just because, you know, she is such a sweet character. You know, I just want to have a night like she did with Wongers and, you know, the other girl. You know, just sit on the couch drinking wine and watching, you know, shows on TV. Like, that's a good show, Jen. I'm glad it came over. Thanks for coming. <laughs> so do you want to turn into the She-Hulk and play basketball? Yeah, hell yeah. And we just have a night playing basketball. <laughs> well, she just constantly dunks on me, and I'm like, oh, gee. I shouldn't have had to change it in the whole Chris. Got you again, King. God damn it. Take 35 to the <laughs> Can you stop? <laughs> it's, like, it's like playing basketball against Prince. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Except he doesn't make pancakes. Bullshit, she doesn't. She saw her in the morning. She makes a big-ass breakfast. Yep, not after basketball. No, she's going to be like, you make the pancakes, bitch. And I'm like, yes, please. I'm just going to run in the kitchen. <laughs> you want blueberries on it or chocolate chips? <laughs> I, just, I, just, I, just, I just love that here, we're, here we are a week out and, like, you know, you, you, you bring up Madison as, you know, that girl from the other week. But that's that Madison, Madison's you know what I mean? With, with yes. two N's and a think? Y. And not where you think it is. <laughs> Wongers. Oh, I hope she comes back. 
still just like, you know episode. what, and as much as I like Jen, I think I still think Madison is my favorite character of this series. And yes, I, I would like to see her come back. <laughs> just for like, a, just for like one of the end caps, you know, post credit sequence. She's still with Longers and they're out shopping together or something. <laughs> He's just I, I would give her a Marvel Paris. series at this point. You know, like like let's get Ooh, something like nice. they they were doing with with the Groot series and stuff. Like just the uh, the drunken exploits uh, of Madison, like stumbling around the, the Marvel <laughs> universe. But she sees like, and then the Wong, and, then, and like that, and she's like, and oh, then Wonger, then Wonger showing up with a disc going again, Jen. <laughs> I mean Madison, Madison. and it just takes her away. <laughs> <laughs> and then he just whisks her away. <laughs> I'm sorry, guys. The apartment to watch the <laughs> no, you now they're watching the Heroes, remember? <laughs> yeah. Oh, my God. This is when it fades to black and nothing else happens. Oh, damn it. Back to the dimension with you. Longer, it's so, so sad. That's the episode when they killed Adriana. It's terrible. <laughs> <laughs> no more talking. <laughs> so we only have three episodes left so you know I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing what they come up with definitely building towards something but you know I want them to bring back the post credits I kind of miss those do we have three or two <laughs> no we just did episode seven last week there's ten so oh, 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 oh. Is, is, isn't it a nine <clears> episode <throat> series or is it ten is it ten I thought oh, it was nine if it's nine I'm devastated I think That's we only have ten. two episodes left man I might be wrong. Oh, nerds. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, no. I am grouped. I'm going to be definitely <laughs> I mean, what am I going to do after She-Hulk ends? I'm going to have to watch fucking Cobra Kai. You're going to, uh, yeah, oh, shit. finally. Oh, fuck, you're yeah, not done with that yep. yet. <laughs> eight, eight episodes. Not hung up, bro. This show is eight, so yeah. I think next week is it. Yeah, there's oh, nine episodes. Oh, eight episodes. Damn. Next week is it. I mean, this week, actually. Yeah, this Thursday. Oh, no, shit. No, there's there's okay. nine episodes. Oh, because I was only showing eight on Google, so I guess they just didn't put out the description for the ninth act. So, okay, well, two is fine. Yeah, then I'm going to have to go back and watch Cobra Kai from episode five. Oh, I'll get to it. Not Monkey, I'll get to it. Yet. I'll get to it. Because I mean, King you know, is... This hasn't written... What? Because King is stubborn. <laughs> no, King just got bored talking about franchises across the Reseda Valley. So I moved on to something else. You know, and I found myself watching yeah. other things. And I'll go back to it when I'm ready. When I'm ready for more Taco action or karate action. You know, I will go back to action. Blood <laughs> Once Johnny took down the Top Babes poster, I kind of checked out. I was like, Johnny, you fucking ruined it, man. thought you were cool. Oh, man. You had to take that the King frowns posters. on character development. The King is not about character development. <laughs> no, not with Johnny. Johnny's right where he needs to be, and he doesn't need to change for anything. Don't change, baby. You just be the sweetheart that you are with your fucking rock and roll posters and your fridge full of expired food and Coors Banquet. I love you, Johnny. You don't change, but you did. All right, uh, you broke my heart, Johnny. <laughs> enough about you. Enough about your apartment, King. <laughs> My apartment fucking is tits, man. Well, everything about it. <laughs> but I also didn't conceive another child like Johnny did. So, yeah. 
that's because you oh, bite. That's because you you use real condoms, not not <laughs> it's fucking condoms that sound like <laughs> like, like they're they're yeah something like that. <laughs> He's like, yeah, don't buy these yeah. from the gas station. <laughs> no, you know, I ended up watching the monsters instead, and you know, wasn't ah. it was bad, but. It was bad, but you know what? That movie should have been a series. I think you would have been better off making it a series because it definitely felt like that. So I think I would have enjoyed it better if it was a series because it's so disjointed at times. I'm like, this would be the perfect part where it just stops and goes, okay, next episode. And no, and it wasn't two and a half hours like he wanted. It was only an hour and 40 minutes. Like, so he must have fucking trimmed so much out of it that he wanted to put in to make a, a tight hour 40. I can't imagine what he cut out because what he left in, Aaron. I was like, hmm, bold choice. <laughs> yeah, I'm not going to ruin it in case you guys decide that you want to check it out or make it a pick of nope. yours one of these days. Nope. I might make it uh, a pick okay, Who knows? Oh, I, I, you, watched, you do that I watched now. the beginning. I watched uh-huh. the beginning, and it started to drive me absolutely fucking crazy. <laughs> um, it, it just, Richard Brake didn't even do it for you. It felt tedious. It felt oh, yeah. it felt forced. It did not have any <laughs> yep. of the, like, that natural charm that no. you got nope. from the original series. I just sat there watching it, thinking to myself, like, why? Like, I really wanted to, like, I, I, I'm not even going to lie and say, oh, yeah, I went in with an open mind. Like, look, no, you know what? I, I'll admit, I was going in arms crossed, right? I, I was right. also yep. going in with all the hopes in the world, like, hey, maybe something is going to happen that's going to give me a giggle and make me say, you know what? Maybe this isn't going to be that bad. And I just, you know, we, we, we ended up stopping it. Uh, so, cause, uh, cause, cause Sam wanted to go do something else real quick and she was supposed to come back and we were going to continue it and it just never happened. And I have no problem with that at all. <laughs> no, I, I mean, I, I made it through. It kind of ends abruptly. I mean, you never quite get used to Herman's voice because you're so used to Fred Gwynn. And then when you hear uh, Jeff, uh, whatever his name is, that does it, he's, oh, I was like, oh, okay, weird. We're going like a weird kind of Jerry Lewis type thing. With his, okay. I never met Herman. Yeah. You know I never even made it to that mm-hmm. part. I never even got to meet him, so, so, so I'm good. Oh, wow. Wow. Yeah, you never yeah, made it that no, far. No, no. Where he's uh, the, the, a huge rock star and a stand-up night. comedian. No, no, the date night yeah. and the uh, and 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 just grandpa just just absolutely absolutely destroyed any hope I had for for the entirety of the series of the of the, of the movie. It was the best. Can I add my two cents? Roebuck as a count. Good. Yes. So I haven't watched one minute of it, not one, <laughs> and not one, none. not one, <laughs> and, and not even one, not even one. But what I do want to say was, and I remember reporting on this during the news segment on this show that apparently no longer exists. And uh, what I remember, what I remember reporting upon, was the intricate recreation of Mockingbird Lane. Uh, that uh, you know the story was down to the last detail. Uh, and then mm-hmm. I read that 
it was not even featured at all through the whole thing until the last few minutes, which made no sense to me. Yep. <laughs> the last 13 minutes. The last 13 minutes well, of the movie is when you get to see the house. In those last 13 minutes, you got to see how painstaking creative they were in rebuilding that entire set. Yeah, no, not really, because they're barely in it that much. (laughs) Yeah, they show the outside, and, like, they had a lot of potential at the end of that movie to, like, end it with, like, Willie being like, hey, Herman, I'm pregnant. And it's like, oh, Eddie Munster. No, they just kind of fucking end it. Where they're like, I guess this is where we live now. And, yeah, that's... (laughs) It was such an abrupt ending. I was like, no, there's got to be like a post-credit. And there was nothing. It's just over. And I was like, okay, that's cool. Like, I just, I don't know. Like, Rob Zombie saying how much he loves the monsters, and that's all he wanted to do his entire life, and this is what he gives us. I'm like, wow. I don't know. Did you really love the monsters? that Liar! (laughs) (laughs) It's just, uh, you know, I mean, it's. You know, it's definitely more so for kids, I think, you know, than his normal audience, and it is rated PG. But I don't know who it's for because he makes all these really bad 60s jokes, like about sitcoms and songs and stuff like that, like Sonny and Cher. They do the entire I Got You, Babe, in the middle of the movie, like the entire song for no reason. And they also make remarks to Car 54, Where Are You, and Bobby Darren and stuff. I was like, what, what kid is going to know what Car 54 is? Or Sonny and Cher. They're going to be like, what the hell is this? <laughs> I don't understand why it's in the 60s. I thought this was present day, but no. It's all over the place. It's like I said, it would have been better if it was a series, or if they added a laugh track. Like I think if they added a laugh track, I would have enjoyed it a lot more because it would have made more sense. Because I'd be like, oh, I can see what he's doing. He's trying to make episodes, but into a feature length, and there's laugh tracks, just like the original Monster series. But yeah, so no, I mean, you guys can avoid it. I checked it out. You know, I just I had to do it. Just to see how much of a change it was. It, it, it <laughs> wasn't awful. For punishment. <laughs> no, it's because I like to keep my fingers on the pulse of what's happening in the, you know, the realm of horror cinema. So that's what I have to do. You got to see the good. You got to see the bad. And then you make the decision from there on in whether or not it's good. But you know what else I like to talk about is horror news. So, Dean, the segment still lives. Uh, what are you talking about tonight? Oh, there are just so many things to cover this evening, King. I cannot I wait. wait. I'm so excited. So first, I'm rock hard right now. Um, uh, please, let's keep these things to yourself. Um, I can't help pretty it. Please. I'm so excited. Um, Tummy kisses. Tummy kisses. I want to tell you that Sam Raimi, Sam Raimi, is reportedly directing a remake of the Anthony Hopkins evil doll film, Magic. Fuck yeah. Can't wait. Uh, The original film was uh, directed by Richard Attenborough. uh, And uh, Sam and Sam Raimi and producer Roy Lee said that they are uh, currently uh, examining final versions of uh, the different takes from writers. Uh, you know, this story comes from an original novel from William Goldman. Uh, but while this has not been officially announced, it seems that all systems are go uh, for Sam Raimi to take on uh, this property. Have you guys ever seen the original magic? Uh, I don't believe that I have. Nah, same here. 
Is nope. this the one with the ventriloquist dummy? Yes. Yeah, Fats. Yeah, and, he's, and Nathan Hopkins plays Corky. And Margaret's in it. Yeah, it's, it's actually really good. I enjoy it. I think I, think I might have seen it. Um, don't have much recollection of it, but I do believe I, I saw, I've seen it. Yeah. I mean, I, I definitely enjoyed it. Early Anthony Hopkins. I always appreciate those movies, but uh, Sam Raimi doing it. Yeah. I'm behind that guys. Yeah. I can't wait. You know, I think he could do it justice. Okay. I mean, especially if it's an old movie, you know, not many people remember it. So I can't imagine there's going to be a lot of people going, fuck you. Don't ever remake magic. That's my movie. You're ruining my childhood. Oh, there'll be, there'll be people. There'll be people. They'll be out there. You really think so? Well, I, I don't know, man. Like, right. That, like, I don't, you know, like, it's, one, it's from 1978. Uh, I feel, yeah. and I could be wrong, uh, but I feel that the whole, oh, uh, you're ruining my childhood crowd uh comes from the overall large fandom of all things 80s. Um, I, you know, mm-hmm. I, I, I feel like something from 1970, I don't feel that things from the 70s get the same kind of, uh, like, anger or vitriol or swell of, oh, how are they remaking this, like, that it does from, from things from, from the 80s. And I could be wrong about that, and maybe it's because I don't know this film and have never seen it and have no emotional ties to it anyway. Uh, but I just, I, it, it's also not one that, that I feel that I've ever seen uh, discussed or talked about on different horror sites and forums and message boards oh, yeah. and, and things such yeah. as that. So I, I don't yep. know if there's going to be such a, 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 a groundswell of, oh, ruining my childhood kind of thing. I can't see it. I mean, don't, don't know, don't I'm, I'm, I'm yeah. not saying there's going to be yeah, this huge outcry. I'm not saying anything is going to be like, you know, we're not going to see people fucking picketing and rioting. Okay, we're not talking about a January 6th <laughs> type of event, but I mean, I think you know, I think there's there's always going to be, you know, a a a small group of people that are going to always be against any kind of remake. It doesn't even matter. It doesn't even matter That's if they true. like the fucking That's movie true. question. Ju- they just like yeah. to be that person that is always going to be against redoing anything in any way because nothing, nothing could ever be possibly done in any better or more imaginative way than the original designed film. Even with better technology. Even things that, you know, like looked like they were stretching then. Still, doesn't matter. You bastards remake it, you yeah. shit, that shit, and they're never going to see it. I mean, and to the <laughs> Dean's point where he said that, uh, where Dean said that, uh, you know, the outcry of, like, you know, you're running on childhood and people are against remakes is more of, like, a movies from the 80s type of thing. But you forget Halloween, 1978, there was a, there was a cry against that one. Uh, Last House on the Left, Texas Chainsaw Massacre, The Hills of Eyes, uh, Dawn of the Dead, which one we always talk about, 2004. There was a lot of people saying that they didn't want to see that happen. Like, they're like, ridiculous, blasphemy, but including so the made and has its fans. All of them have its fans. Yeah, no, it was me writing a lot of angry letters to Zack Snyder telling them to fuck off, but you know, I don't know if they ever got those letters. <laughs> along, with an eight by, uh, along with some sexy 8 by 10 glossies. <laughs> yeah, I did send him some uh, sexy lingerie. I was like, just in case. You know, he needs some, you know, influence to not make this movie. I'll keep sending you them. But, no, not made anyway. <laughs> You keep you keep working on this yeah. movie. I'm going to send you a photo every week. 
I, I just I think that the ghoul is absolutely right. I think people are just looking for a reason to complain. And when you say that a movie's being remade, fuck it, no, no, don't do it. Like, you know, sometimes remakes really do well. Like the Hills of Eyes remake, fucking owned. Um, I love the Maniac remake, uh, Evil Dead. I love that remake. So sometimes remakes can be fucking great if you give them a chance. So we'll see what happens with Magic. Fuck that Moving digital on magic. shit and Blu-rays, man. VHS, Betamax. Yeah. Woo! Oh, man, I wish I could go back to VHS. I can't afford it. VHS is so fucking expensive these days. Can't afford those. Yeah, I mean, like, just go back to my DVDs and Blu-rays. I'll keep collecting until I have no more yeah. space. Which I don't anymore, but still. <laughs> I digress. I only watch, I only watch movies by celluloid and candlelight. Okay, that's how hardcore <laughs> I am. That's a fire start. That's a bad idea, folks. Don't listen to him. Don't do celluloid and candlelight. It might end in disaster. Fire Everybody else does. <laughs> the way true well, fans I just don't want to watch movies. That. <laughs> who needs to see who needs to see the image in front of you we don't need to actually see a picture that's silly no I want to see a flip book version of every movie I ever loved flip books only that's the only way I want to watch my movies fast and easy I want to see flip, blurry flip, movement and hear sound the <laughs> other probably wants that but alright Dean moving on what are we talking about next so, since the rebirth of the Creepshow uh, franchise, there's been uh, multiple seasons of their anthology series with another on the way. Yeah. Uh, there has been uh, the partnership with Scholastic to complete two different young adult novels featuring two stories in each. And now there is going to be a partnership with Dread XP and Darkstone Digital and Cartel Entertainment to create Creepshow, the video game, which will be coming Whoa. to multiple platforms, not until 2024. Uh, the, the Creepshow anthology game will feature different installments from several independent developers with a full list of developers and information at a later date. Uh, but the, the Creepshow franchise is now going to be branching into the realm of video games. Oh, speaking Crest of video games, did, like you guys, did, you, <laughs> did you guys get a chance to um, tr- try that Halloween game that the King put a link to on the Talking Terror Facebook page? I did indeed. No, it's fun, right? <laughs> so so what do you think of it? You know, I mean... Like it's, it's a quick way to break, you know, burst the zombie second shit. Right, tap right and fucking, you know, just try to try to avoid <laughs> yeah. getting slashed by Michael or getting tripped by fucking random things and random asshole kids that run in front of you like fucking douchebags <laughs> that you want to, like you wish you could fight. I wish I had a gun like that I could actually fire just to like shoot along the way, you know, uh, like an old school like Grady Gradius or something. Um, but yeah, no, overall, like, look, did, did it... Did it hold my attention for the entire, like, I don't know, five or six times I tried it? Yeah, yeah, I think so. And, you know, I uh, I did my best. My best playthrough was my first playthrough. 
Um, I think I went something like like two minutes and like fifty eight seconds before like he finally That's took long. me down, and then like, and then uh, but then like every subsequent time after that, I made it like I don't know a minute forty five, two minutes and twenty. Like I never I never hit that like extreme length again like I did the first time around. All right, cool. <laughs> yeah, I, I've, I've had fun playing, playing it, yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but monkey's like, Gene, you know, oh shit! Been, I'm on top yeah. of the leaderboard now with like 95 minutes. <laughs> no, dude, no, 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 no. I no, I still haven't even. I still haven't been able to beat three minutes. I got three minutes, and that was it. And I haven't been able to beat that motherfucker since. So that I mean that's great. But Dean, are you excited for the Creep Show video game? I, mean, I know that you're a huge Creep Show fan. You got a game system now, so would you be buying it when it comes out? I mean, look, it's not coming until twenty twenty four, so there's plenty of time between now and then, and I'm oh, certainly uh going to keep my eyes on any creep show game news as the time draws near and uh you know, if it sounds interesting to me, I'll certainly uh check it out. I did want to say and and this is the truth, uh the very next item I wanted to discuss on my list was uh, the Escape Michael Myers free video game uh, that you can play oh, okay. right now as Nori Strode yeah. while she tries to uh, dodge obstacles and uh, escape from Michael Myers. Cut. So uh, I did play and it for roughly uh, I played it for roughly 39 to 46 seconds. Um, I didn't really uh, I didn't really give give it you know much of a chance uh, when I saw the news about this. I was uh, you know, working on my horror news, like right before uh, students were about to enter, and uh, mm. I had to I had to uh, click it off and 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 start my workday, uh, but I didn't end up going back to it. But uh, for those of you out there, yes, there is the Escape from Michael Myers official tie-in uh, to Halloween Ends coming out next week on the 14th, and um, oh yeah, you know, uh, it seemed like a like a fun little free thing to 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 get more uh, word spread about about the upcoming film. So. Uh, truly, after the Creepshow game, uh, the Michael Myers game was the next thing on my list. So what's the next thing? Uh, the next thing on my list is that Tom Holland, uh, not uh, the Spider-Man Tom Holland, but the Fright Night uh, Tom Holland, uh, has a novel available right now, Fright mm-hmm. Night Origins. And uh, Holland says that there is uh, more story to tell and this story is going to be told through a trilogy of novels, uh, with this first mm-hmm. one available now with two more on the way. Uh, Fright Night Origins by Tom Holland can be purchased in all uh, booksellers right now, in paperback version only, for $16.99. Uh, so if you are a fan of Fright Night and want to you know, explore more of the uh, realm of that universe, uh, this is your opportunity to do so at this time. I'm looking forward to it. Um, I know that on his actual website, he's selling copies of it that are autographed, I think for like 30 bucks. So I might end up buying that just to have the autographed copy you know, for myself because I'm a huge Fright Night fan. So to see him writing again and going back into that world, I love it. So, yeah, you can definitely get autographed copies on Tom Holland's uh, personal website or, like Dean had said, 16 bucks, you know, at retailers. So it's up to you what you want to do. I like having that little bit extra. Just who I am. I'm an extra boy. So with that being said, <laughs> moving on, what else are we talking about? So, You're an extra boy, uh, huh? Just, just, just <laughs> before, uh, just a few short days ago, 
uh, on October 2nd, uh, coming on the heels of the uh, final, uh, the debut of the final eight episodes of The Walking Dead, uh, was the season one, episode one of AMC's Interview with a Vampire series. And hmm. uh, even though uh, at this time only one episode has aired of this new series on AMC, it's been announced no, that one person a, has second, seen it. a second season uh, has already been ordered for AMC uh, that is going to wow, be that an eight-episode eight uh, season that is going to take place in Europe. Uh, so, uh, you know, I guess that AMC is uh, happy with everything going on in the realm of that series, and there's going to be some more. I, for one, have not checked it out, um, but I don't know if anybody else has, as uh, the nope. Anne Rice property uh, continues to, to have a foothold uh, and have attention uh, here with their vampire story. And <laughs> there's a lot of mixed reviews out there. Some people saying it's okay, but then a ton of people going, it's okay. <laughs> yeah, there's like a lot of unhappy enraged fans out there. The whole review thing, man, is, is, is killing me these days. It seems like there's just like this, I don't know, it just seems like there's this gigantic fucking sect of people that are just all about, like, not giving actual, like, real reviews, and they're just like, hey, I'm going to give this thing a fucking one star and say, it sucks, and, like, have literally no, <laughs> no meat or explanation other than, it sucks. Is that what Stop happens? To my <laughs> are they are they bombing? Because I know that's a thing lately, with a lot of these new shows coming out where they get bombed by bots or just like this show sucks. This show sucks, like you know, and it's hard to kind of oh, delineate just, who is real and who's not. Yeah, I'm just talking about the um, horror, horror forums that I'm on on Facebook and stuff like that. You know, there, there's a lot of yeah. interviews from pe- actual people. You know, going, yeah, I wasn't happy. You know. But then, then there's some yeah. of them out there going, yeah, but the the actual movie wasn't that good either. You know, so it's like, no, uh, no, God, it was awful. <laughs> oh, it was terrible. I hate that movie. <laughs> Still wish I could wash a taste of that movie out of my mouth. I mean, it's just, it's just no good. But, and it's just on my speed. I mean, it, at least it was Tom Cruise coming out finally and revealing who he is. But no, no, he went right back to doing <laughs> Mission Impossible movie after that. I was like, it's okay, Tom. You can embrace, you know, who you are. You're enjoying it as a vampire, but no. It's like, he can only do it if he's a vampire. Like, I'm not gay. No, Embrace of the, va- play no, <laughs> embrace of the Vampire was a completely different movie. <laughs> it was. It was I mean, way better. A better action. movie. <laughs> I, would, I would much rather watch Alyssa Milano and Embrace of the Vampire than Tom Cruise and Brad Pitt and Interview with the Vampire. But you know, that's my personal taste. Uh, but all right. So moving on from Interview with the Vampire and the series as a whole, what else are we talking about, Gene? We're talking about Spawn, and uh, right. I have learned uh, that Blumhouse has hired uh, three new writers for the Spawn reboot, uh, this mm. being uh, Scott Silver, Malcolm Spellman, and Matthew Mixum, who have worked on uh, The Joker, uh, Captain American 4, and others. Uh, Jamie Foxx uh, has been attached and is still attached to this, and uh, Tar- Todd McFarlane himself might direct uh, this Spawn reboot, but he did say he, he, he did Go say ahead, Todd. It, is, it is possible uh, that they might look for a, a more A-list director uh, as they get ready to, to fire up uh, the machine for a, a Spawn uh, reboot. Film. 
I love how Tom McFarland still has not lost his fucking cockiness. You know, he still thinks nope. he's the greatest fucking thing in comic books. He's like, fuck it, I'll direct it. Oh, you cocky ass. No, he's wanted to direct it from the get He's always been like that. He's always yeah. really wanted to direct that's it. Like, yeah. <laughs> but now he's like, oh, no, maybe an A-list director. Like, who? Like, <laughs> like, think of it like Ron Howard directs Spawn. Like, what? They might be fishing. They might be fishing a little bit. You know what I mean? You're throwing it out there like, hey, let me let me put this out there that it's open. Maybe we'll see who who might bite and, and, and offer yeah, to, to yeah. come in. I mean, he's wanted this to be made properly for, for quite some time. And, you know, I'm, I'm – it's it's one that I'm not against. You know, I'm not a fan of the 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 movie uh, that that came out. I no, love the animated series, but but I I never liked yeah. that movie. I remember seeing it in theaters and being like, "Wow, this is terrible." Um, you know, even with John Leguizamo as clown, uh, I uh, yeah, I, I have been wanting a a reimagined version of this character and that story and everything. And it's just always disappointing to me that it just never, like I always hear something about it and I'm like, Oh cool. I'm really going to look forward to that coming out. And then the next time I hear about it again, it's like, Oh yeah, they're still looking for a director or, Oh yeah, they finally casted an actor, but now that actor left and they're bringing in somebody else. And it's like, yeah, this is never going to happen. Is it? (laughs) Yeah. And it's, and it's weird because it seems like it's the comic book series that would never fucking die. You know, granted, this is, you know, one of the motherfuckers that launched Image, you know, <laughs> into our faces. But, like, ah, man, for, like, you know, every time I hear news about this, I'm like, isn't that comic still dead? And I, you know, check it. And it's like, no, it's still fucking running. <laughs> it's like I'm trying to figure out how, you know, is there actually still a fan base for Spawn? I'm sure there is. I, I, I don't, you know. There's always going to be, I mean, I don't know about a fan base, but there's always going to be, I mean, obviously, I mean, look, does it have a fan base? Yeah, it was a huge comic book series. So so just like yeah. so many other series of that time, you know, obviously it still has its, its fans uh, or people that would be interested in seeing it, um, you know, and I'm sure no matter what, it's going to draw the people in that are tired or exhausted of seeing Marvel Universe films or... Right. You know, whatever whatever type of films DC are putting out at any given point. You know, being that DC was supposed to be, you know, the the anti-Marvel, so to say. Well, I mean, you know, obviously they, they went the route of trying to just emulate Marvel, and that did not work. So uh, so now instead, I guess they're going to just, just do whatever the hell they're going to do. And I'm fine with that. Black Adam. Um, I mean, I... I know that, you know, like you said, you know, this is the guy, one of the guys that helped launch Image. You know, uh, for me, Todd McFarlane, I'm always going to think about him. And the first thing that's always going to come into my head is, I mean, this is the guy that, you know, helped create Venom. This is the guy that helped re-spark Spider-Man and make that fucking series another top-selling comic book again. You know, Spider-Man had kind of really, had kind of fallen off the charts quite a bit at that that time period, and then they brought him in, and he he sparked new life into that entire thing. This is how he was able to to go on and create and help create Image Comics. You know, this is how he was able to go on and make a passion project like Spawn something real, you know, and something that, that he would ultimately be able to own as opposed to making it for one of the big two and being stuck, you know, like, hey, this is something I created, but it's not something I own. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, 100%. Yeah, exactly. But, all right. So moving on from the small, what else are we talking about, Dean? I will tell you, King. Uh, Keanu I Reeves, uh, after a very successful uh, Kickstarter campaign, uh, published his very own comic book uh, a couple years back uh, called Berserker. And uh, now... Would you like some uh, making fuck Berserker? Uh, you know, <laughs> there... Uh, it, it received very positive <laughs> reactions uh, from critics and fans, and uh, Netflix uh, had previously announced both an animated series as well as a film. And while uh, Keanu Reeves is attached to Star, uh, it's also announced that Keanu Reeves is most likely going to direct uh, this film, uh, making it his second directorial effort after his first, which was 2013's Man of Tai Chi. Hmm. That was an interesting okay. movie to watch. Hmm. It was just weird to see just it. <laughs> Keanu Reeves just so tall compared to the rest of the cast in that movie. <laughs> just oh, okay. Well, tall. <laughs> you know, well, hey, listen, you know, Keanu Reeves, he's America's sweetheart, so whatever he does, it's cool. <laughs> I don't care. The guy can do whatever he wants. Like, he's just such a chill, cool guy. Like, I can't wait to see him return as Constantine. Like, that's going to fucking roll, because I like that movie when it came out. So, yeah, whenever he decides to do, yeah, I'll, I'll be here for it. But, all right, so moving on, Dean, what else are we talking about? Uh, let's see. What else are we talking about? Uh, I know that, uh, you know, especially the king uh, is a mm. follower of all things uh, Jeffrey Dahmer related. And yeah. uh, there obviously has been lots of popularity it's surrounding uh, the recent Netflix uh, Dahmer series, and uh, Netflix hmm. has announced uh, that as of yesterday, October 4th, uh, that Dahmer uh, has officially cracked the top 10, uh, coming in currently as the ninth most watched item in Netflix history. Uh, so wow. uh, Dahmer doing very big business uh, for Netflix at this time. No, I mean, I think people are just still confused that he's a killer. So, I mean, that's why they want to find out what he did. So, but that's cool. I mean, serial <laughs> killers are always going to make numbers. You know, if you do Dahmer or, or uh, Bundy or Gacy, people are going to want to watch it because there's a fascination about killers that I think a lot of people have, including myself. I mean, I'm, you know, to find out why they did it and their motivations. And so we watch these things. I mean, you know, but... Yeah, it's, it's kind of cool. It's just, I just love the backlash of people stopping after episode one going, oh, my God. Well, no, no, there's nine more episodes. Got to dig deeper. You can't just stop at one. Yeah, you, you, yeah you're not done. <laughs> no, no there's too a lot much. left on your plate. No, it's, it's too much oh, blood. <laughs> I didn't know this going in. Why didn't you guys tell me? <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> So that's very cool you for Netflix. Mean he, for, you for mean he was a murderer? <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> Eight people? Like, what the fuck? People don't do that. No, Dahmer did it. He liked it a lot. <laughs> he was like, Pringles, he couldn't stop himself. Once you pop, it, just can't stop. <laughs> All right, Dean, so what's next? This Friday, October 7th, uh, we'll see... Mm-hmm. Uh, the release of Michael Giacchino's Werewolf by Night, 
uh, on Disney Plus, uh, which is being okay. called the first special presentation of the Marvel Cinematic Universe. And now it's been said that it won't uh, be the last, uh, according to oh. uh, according to Marvel Studios president Kevin uh, Feige. Uh, he wants more one-and-done specials, and it's possible that some of the things that have been thought of as upcoming TV shows uh, might be turned into these special presentations instead. Uh, Michael Giacchino oh. says that uh, Michael Giacchino says that this Werewolf by Night was the perfect opportunity for him uh, because he's always wanted to do something uh, that is like a, a Twilight Zone or Night Gallery type project. Uh, remember, I reported here, I think, last week that Werewolf by Night is going to be clocking in at a mere 53 minutes. Whoa. That's quick. I like that. All right. Yeah, I didn't know that it was only going to be 53 minutes. Very nice. But, but also, for for us old school uh, Marvel fans, it's the, them kind of trying to bring back the Marvel spotlight, huh? <laughs> Come on, son of Satan. Come on, son of Satan. Let's do one. <laughs> I just want one. Giacchino uh, also said that there was no mandate for how long the special should be, uh, but the creatives all believed that it should clock in somewhere around an hour. Yeah. I'm, I'm looking forward to it. The trailer brought me in, so the trailer is kind of interesting. So, you know, we'll have to see. So that's I this am... Friday, huh? Wow. Oh, all right. Yeah, uh, I am obviously, and I have been excited for this uh, this this specific special. Uh, originally, it was going to be my yeah. take, but then when I found out that it was clocking in at fifty three minutes, I was like, I, I can't. <laughs> in good consciousness, I can't do that. Um, uh, so, so that that will not be my pick for next week. Uh, but I am am looking forward to watching it. I do. Yeah. I don't know how thrilled I am about, you know, Kevin making the statement of maybe turning some of the upcoming series into special one-offs instead. Uh, it kind mm-hmm. of gives me a little bit of dread and wonder as far as how successful some of these Marvel series have been on Disney+. Plus. Maybe they're not getting the amount of viewers that they were, they were hoping with some of them. And uh, maybe this is the mm-hmm. way they're thinking that they can uh, cut some of their 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 costs down by by making something you know a quick one one shot as opposed to uh, sure. making it a full on miniseries. Could be right. You know, it's a cost cutting method. You know, but either way, as long as it's good, I don't care. You know, like I said, Werewolf by Night, fifty three minutes. If it's good, awesome. You know, let's see what else they could do with some of the other characters in the Marvel universe. Got to have them be one off so you can introduce the world to these characters. You know, they otherwise oh, no, never no, would have known. I'm good with that. You know what I mean? And like, I feel like this is like something that's like perfect for like a one off. You know what I mean? And who knows? You put this together and, and maybe, you know, somebody, it, it becomes popular enough to where they're like, hey, maybe we will make a series for it. I'm just more worried that maybe things that they were planning to make full series with now they're sitting there saying, hey, you know what? We're going to cut this thing down. We're going to trim your eight, your eight episode series into a, you know, a 50 something minute. You know, special instead. Special. And, you know, that's, uh, oh, yeah. that's kind yeah. of a bummer. I get that. Yeah. Well, imagine imagine yeah, them doing know. that to something like She-Hulk. Like, hey, you know what? Yeah, yeah. You don't feel like there's going to be enough uh, enough people watching this, so instead of giving you eight or nine episodes, we're going to do, uh, you know what, maybe, maybe at most a two-part special instead. Uh, that would be a bummer. 
Yeah, it would be because I think she deserves more than that, and and luckily she's getting that. But even if it was like a two part, and I had no idea that they were planning like eight or nine, I'd probably still be happy about it because we're still getting it. I think that's what it comes down to, is that we're still getting the character. You know, even if it is a two parter, you know, we're still getting the character. We're still seeing you know what they can do with the character. You know, as far as effects go. So I don't know. I'm more I'm in that camp. But anyway, uh, Dean, moving on. What else are we talking about? Back a couple years ago when the Nun uh, came out and uh, the, right here on this program, the ghoul and I argued because, you know, the ghoul, uh, you know, sometimes thinks everything is some kind of secret plan, uh, was adamant that uh, something involving the Nun and YouTube was like a planned uh, promotion. Uh, but I'm here to tell okay. you that, uh, you know, for the uh, Conjuring spinoff, there is now going to be a Nun sequel uh, with Teresa uh, Farmesia, uh reprising her role as Sister Irene. Uh, so the, the Nun uh, franchise is going to, to live on yet again. Yay. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, that, 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 uh, I mean, the Nun wasn't a bad movie. I actually enjoyed it, but uh, I didn't think it was worthy of a sequel. It's just kind of one of those movies where it's a one-off and done. But, I mean, if they want to do another one, man, sure, why not? You know, I mean, those, those movies make bank. So, of course, they're going to make another one. You know, anything related to The Conjuring usually makes in pretty good money. So, it makes sense that they'd want to do that, um, you know, have another one. I, don't, I think they were trying to do, like, The Crooked Man at one point from Part 2, and that never came to be. So, I guess they're just hedging their bets that the nun uh, is the character to go with, Valak, uh, the demon. So, We'll see when they make part two, you know, if it's any good. Uh, I'm looking forward to Pray for the Devil, which is the new exorcism movie coming out at the end of the month. Uh, I think that looks good. So if you guys haven't seen that trailer yet, check it out. I mean, I'm a sucker for exorcism movies, and this one actually looks like it could actually be good finally because there's been so many bad ones. You know, I'm looking forward to just having an actual good one for once. So we'll see how that one turns out. But all right, uh, so moving on from that, what else are we talking about, Dean? Uh, I know that many people uh, are longtime fans of the Game of Thrones uh, with both uh, the original HBO series and the book series. And, uh, you know, there has been the recent uh, Game of Thrones uh, property uh, that's been streaming on HBO or on uh, airing on HBO and streaming on HBO Max. And uh, I was just reading that once again, there's many He's not writing the last novel. <laughs> well, that's not what I was going to say. It's coming. But what I was it's going coming. to say was that there has Still been for book uh, more criticisms uh, that this this new series, once again, uh, is too dark, uh, that the night scenes are once again difficult uh, to be viewed, that they're too dark. And I know this hmm. is a criticism about some sequences from the original series as well. Well, they didn't have lightning you know, like that. I, I, they only had, like, torches. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> King Holy did not shit, watch man. the series. Wait, wait, way to come up with a fucking <laughs> in-universe reason for that, man. That, that's great. HBO needs, HBO needs you. They need you in their fucking order right now. Uh, you know, I'm I'll sure out of everybody <laughs> here, I'm, I'm sure I'm the only one that's been watching the series. And, you know, yeah, um, I haven't, so. You know, 
I, I don't recall it really being all that much of an issue with the original Game of Thrones series. Uh, it was definitely noticeable in this particular last episode. Um, and even the ghoul girl at one point made a, like made a mention like, wow, is this normally this dark? Is it supposed to be this dark? Um, yeah, it was, it was really, it wasn't even just night sequences. It was hard to see fucking anything that was going on during this entire episode. Um, and, uh, and yes, yeah, so wow. I don't know if it's, a, if, if it's something to do with, like, the, the, the 4K transfer or, or how they, they filmed it, but I do hope they figure out something. To, to, obviously, if other people are complaining about it, that, uh, that is something, because I know other than that, people are liking the series, and, you know, I know we're enjoying it greatly, and, you know, it'll be a shame for, for something technical like this to, to, to create a, a problem for it. Interesting. All right, Dean. And what's next? There uh, has been developments surrounding 2007's uh, Trick or Treat uh, from writer-director Michael Doherty. Uh, Trick mm-hmm. or original, Treat. Uh, yes, upon or. <laughs> Whatever. Uh, you know, when it was originally released, uh, this was a property that was uh, straight to video, uh, straight to DVD, and straight to Blu-ray, uh, not theatrical release. Uh, but now, mm-hmm. uh, writer uh, Michael Darty says that a sequel uh, is in active development. Uh, he revealed at the Beyond uh, Fright Vest. Um, nice. He said, uh, while... Uh, this is certainly an active development. It has not yet been greenlit, uh, but oh. continuing uh, continuing uh, the kind of momentum swell, uh, the original film is going to be re- receiving its first ever uh, wide cinematic release, uh, courtesy of Regal Cinemas. And starting tomorrow, October 6th, uh, the original film will be showing nationwide. Uh, and then just a couple weeks from now, uh, on October 21st, the original film will be showing in select AMC theaters as well. Uh, so uh, given all of this happenings, it sounds uh, like a sequel, uh, you know, is something you should keep your eyes on, uh, that this is something that, yeah. that is, is, is possibly going to happen. I, for one, have not seen the original film. Mm. Well, wow. that's on you. <laughs> I saw it theatrically at the little movie house for us. <laughs> We got to see it. Yeah, oh, yeah. Thing. What a what a yeah, great we, fucking we time that was. We went to that one. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that was a good yeah. one. Um, but yeah, well, can't wait for you know for it to develop and we get trick or treat too. And you know, Dean, come on, man, it's Halloween season. Just watch it. Take a day. The thing, uh, I will. Down. I will say this. I hear what you're saying, and you know, it, it goes for for almost any other like property that takes place in, in the season. It's just that it's, it's kind of like shark movies. You know what I mean? Like we have mm. like the main Halloween thing that's been going on now for 40 fucking years. And, yeah. you know, like I'm sure there's been other things in the Halloween season that are fine, but it's, it's, it's like, it's like kind of like trying to watch a shark movie when, when there's fucking Jaws, you know, and maybe I'll check it out. Like I've heard good things about it. Um, I just haven't seen it. It's, a special it's movie. like, it's, to me, anyway. It's my go-to movie every Halloween. It's like, this is a really good, 
fun anthology style movie where it's just teaching you to respect the rules of Halloween. And yeah, it's just I fun. You like it. it's, it's, yeah, it's, yeah, it's nothing deep or anything like that. It's just a fun, fun popcorn movie. It really is. Uh, absolutely. You know, yeah. and again, I, and I, uh, yeah, I get, I get what you're saying, Dean, with, with Halloween, you know, being the, the penultimate quote unquote Halloween holiday movie. But like, I don't know, like out of, out of all those films go, you know what I mean? Like, like trick or treat is just a, a fun anthology creep show esque, you know, just, it happens to like be on Halloween instead, you know, and it is definitely a good time. Well worth watching, man. Like big time. There you go. All right. Good to know. All right. Is that it, Dean? Are we getting to the movie Uh, or do you have something else? Uh, I have just a couple of other things that I that I wanted to mention uh, to celebrate uh, historical monkey pits. Uh, now uh, that Hocus Pocus Two is out there no! uh, for everybody's viewing pleasure, <laughs> uh, Disney <laughs> has partnered uh, with Airbnb uh, with an opportunity uh, to spend the night at the Sanderson sisters' cottage. Uh, you can go to Airbnb on October 12th for an opportunity to stay at the cottage. Uh, it's only going to run you $31 a night, and not only is it going to include a, a Salem tour, uh, it will also include a special screening of Hocus Pocus 2. Uh, so, uh, you know, if you're one of these people that like to travel for these different kinds of experiences, uh, the opportunity... Uh, to stay in the Hocus Pocus cottage might be appealing to you. And I also want to say that 50 Cent, rapper 50 Cent, and Eli Roth are teaming up to produce three horror movies for three Black Dot. Uh, These films will be called The Gun, Trackmaster, and Creature, Creature House. Uh, they they both speak glowingly of each other and are looking forward to their horror partnership. And uh, then finally, uh, being that the new uh, Hellraiser is upon us, I'm going to run down uh, a, a list real quick. I have not seen uh, any of these films aside from the very original Hellraiser. Uh, King, I'm going to guess that you have seen all of the Hellraiser films. Would that be correct? Every one of them, yep. All right, so here's the, the top ten list starting from ten, uh, working its way down to number one. So uh, the uh, the tenth one is oh, – fuck, I can't read my writing. Is there one called Redemption from 2011? Yes. Yeah, so number ten, Redemption from 2011. Number nine, Inferno from 2000. Uh, number yeah. eight, Heat Seeker from 2002. Uh, number seven, Damn. Judgment from 2018, number six, Getter from 2005, Uh, number five, Hellbound from 2005, number four, Hell on Earth from 1992, Uh, three, uh, number three, Bloodline from 1996, and then number two, uh, Hellraiser 2 from 88, and obviously the original uh, number one from 87. So uh, I don't know if you agree with all of those things, but uh, this was an online ranking of all of the 10 Hellraiser films. Wait, where did you say Hellbound was? Uh, number five, Hellbound. Number yeah, five, that's part two. Hellbound is part two. 
Hellraiser uh, Part pull, Two is called Hellbound. Uh, let me let me pull it back up and uh, yeah, let I'm me, not uh, sure. See, I'm not really sure that would be when you said it was because that yeah, that was Part Two. Definitely not. Subtitle. I mean, I would think one, two, and three would be, you know, either one, In two, order. and three as far as the movies went, or two, oh, one, three. You know, because some, some people do prefer the sequel to the original. Yeah, Dead World didn't even make that list with Henry Cavill. That was a fucking fun one. <laughs> sorry, number ten. Number, um, I, I pulled up. I pulled up the list I was looking at, and sorry, number ten was Revelations, not Redemption. Uh, but for That's number right, yeah. five, uh, sorry, I'm, I can't read my writing as usual. Number five was Hellworld, Hellraiser, Hellworld from two thousand five. Yeah, oh yeah. Uh, there, there's that. your Hellworld. Uh, Hellbound, yeah. Hellraiser 2 from 1988, and then the original Hellraiser from 1987. Uh, and just for myself, the original uh, is the only one that I've seen in the series. One through three are the best. The rest of them are just kind of movies yep. that Pinhead just appears in. Like, they were literal Man, scripts I, that were written, and they're like, well, let's put Pinhead in it. I remember being so excited to see Bloodlines in theater, and that is, <laughs> to this day, the only Hellraiser movie God. I've seen in theaters. And That's I a was rough one, too. like stoked, and yeah, I remember walking out of the movie theater afterwards, being like, "What the fuck did I watch? I don't even know if like I, I don't even know if I properly comprehended that film the first time I watched it. Like after seeing it later years, uh, we might even like I, I think I ended up watching it when we were doing our our sequel fucking when we were busy watching a thousand movies per episode and all that nonsense. Oh, yeah. yeah, oh, uh, yeah. When we first started <laughs> the, the show. Um, I think I ended up watching it for, for something to do to do with that and being like, okay, it wasn't as terrible as I remember it, but it also isn't good. So, so yeah, kind of like the, like the King said, uh, I, I support it completely. You know what? Really, out of all of them, the first two are, are really the only two that I would consider necessary viewings. You can watch three for uh, – it is a fun movie to watch. Cenobite fun, yeah. It, it is Cenobite fun. It is a – it's one of the few early 90s slasher films because you got to remember at this point we really weren't getting many of them. So, and I remember getting no. that my, my stepdad had gotten that movie on bootleg. So, like, I was watching that, like, repeatedly <laughs> on VHS because – you know, we didn't have much else to, to, to really watch. So, and he didn't care for it. He was like, yeah. "This is fucking stupid." So here, you could have this one. I'm like, he's not wrong. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, so yes, uh, let's move into the movie for tonight. It's the Man Monkey's Pick, The Witches from 1990, directed by Nicholas Rogue. All right, Monkey, you know what to do. Give us a synopsis of what you thought about it. All right, Witches is the story of Luke, a curious young child, and his badass witch hunting grandmother Helga. Despite his parents' desires to not teach Luke about witches, his grandmother secretly passes on her knowledge and warnings through stories and folk tales to Luke. This all comes in handy when the two of them accidentally come across a worldwide witch convention at a hotel. Armed with their knowledge of witches and witchcraft, they must find a way to put an end to the witches before the witches find a way to put an end to all of the children in the world. Oh yeah, Luke fucked up and he has to do all of this as a mouse. Um... <laughs> Yeah, I picked this movie because tradition's tradition, even if it did get started by accident. So to keep tradition alive, I guess, I picked a family-friendly horror film for the month of October. Um, because while all of us grow up do, do love our Halloween stuff, we need to remember 
to make it uh, as a time for children. This is their time to go out fearlessly into the night, scaring away ghosts and goblins, and coming home with large sacks of candy as their reward. But for the film, which is, this is my first time viewing it, and this must be one of those movies that you have to grow up with to love it, just because I like the idea of the film, and you guys know how much I love fucking Jim Henson's creature effects. But yeah. everything in this film felt like they only delivered like seventy five percent of what was needed in this film. There, there was a lot of uneven, uh, a lot of unevenness about the film. The creature effects, especially for Henson, like were subpar for his level, in my opinion. Some witches had great makeup, uh, others were just guys in drag. Uh, even Houston's acting seemed like not on Houston's level. Like I was expecting her to like shine in a role like this. And the editing into the film was, like, just horrible. It, it, I, I don't know about the copy that you guys watched. Like, you know, I, I checked out a couple copies, and it, it just seemed like I couldn't find one that looked like it had – looked like it fin- a finished cut of the film. It didn't have that polish to it, you know? Like, um, like, like Adam's Family comes out, like, you know, technically two years later, and if it had a polish on it like that, I think this film could have been a whole lot better. Like, overall, like, great idea, great team of people behind the film, but somehow it all re- resulted in, like, you know, a <laughs> pretty bad execution. Right. <laughs> all right. So, Ghoul, what do you think about The Witches? Oh, uh, listen, you know, I, I caught this movie when it was on its heavy cable rotation back in the early 90s. We had just moved to New Jersey. Um, we, I had cable you know, something I did not have while living in New York. Um, so, so with that came, you know, MTV and HBO and it's going to max late night. Fucking A, baby. Um, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Fucking, you know, but also things like, listen, like on HBO, dream on and stuff like that. You know, like I, <laughs> I fucking, I, I was in fucking heaven, you know? So, so I caught this. Again, when when it hit its rotation on HBO, uh, I had not read the book. Uh, I knew of it, but had not read it. So, so watching it, this was my introduction to the story. Uh, you know, back then, I watched the film and I enjoyed it for for you know some some of its effects and and some of its silliness. Uh, as an adult, I watch it, and now you know what I. I like Angelica Houston's performance in this movie. Um, she really goes all out for something that realistically could have been just I'm getting a paycheck because I am Angelica Houston, and you know what? Here you go. Goodbye. Uh, I, I, I find the movie to be fun. I think it, it has some, some laughable bits and pieces to it. Are there parts where I'm like, all right, this might be a little tedious? Yeah, of course. Uh, but there are also things because uh, you know, little monster watched it with me, and she at one point turned to me and she goes, "What is this rated?" And I'm like, "It's actually PG." And she's like, "It should be more than that because some of this is like creepy." So you know, like so, mm-hmm. some of the effects, and so some of the makeup, and, and, and some of the things that they were going with definitely are, are are effective on a creep factor as far as being for children. You know, so, so yes, this is a movie made for children, and I think it's one of those that, that works as, like, a little decent, if not a horror movie entry type of deal. It's just something to kind of give them a little bit of a twisted twisted tale of humor, so to say. 
Right. So, Dean, what did you think about The Witches? So, I, for one, had never seen this film before. And I truly wish that uh, this movie uh, didn't come out in 1990. Uh, I wish it came out in, like, 1987, 1988. And I wished I'd seen it then. Uh, because at that time, I probably would have really, really, really loved it. Um, I just, I had trouble with this one watching it now uh, for the first time, uh, letting myself get like fully uh, pulled into the story because one, I didn't find it to be that engaging for a grown-up, and two, uh, early on, and I must have missed it in the credits, but early on, as soon as Rowan Atkinson appeared, it took me right out of it because I can't <laughs> see him Mr. Bean. without like just becoming like a like a goofy smiling mess because I think that the original Mr. Bean uh, shorts is some of the fucking funniest fucking comedy yeah. uh, ever. Um, so so as soon as I saw him, I started giggling and laughing. But um, you know, I, again, this is there's there's a time in my life where I would have fucking really really dug this. Um, I thought it was a cool little film. I did not know uh, until after I watched it that this was based on a story from Roald Dahl. Um, and there are a couple of doll stories that I that I use in, in my in my professional life, and um, you know, like this was this was totally fine. But I feel like uh, this is something, and I don't know I don't know how this would work in the wheelhouse for like ten, eleven, twelve year olds today. But I feel like if I was that age and saw it for the first time, this is something that I would have really loved. All right, um, <clears throat> and I actually saw this movie in the theater back in nineteen ninety. So I saw it in the theater, and then I watched it on heavy rotation on HBO, like the the ghoul had said. And I always enjoyed it. You know, I enjoyed it now. You know, it's just, it's a fun little kid movie that you could watch and be safe. I mean, it has some creepy moments. I mean, the girl in the painting still fucking haunts me to this day, thinking about being zapped <laughs> into a fucking painting and you have nothing to do but age and then you die and disappear out of the painting. Like, that still shocks me, like, to this day. Like, it's just that's the most haunting thing about the movie for me, you know. But Angelica Houston's great. Uh, the kid playing Luke, I mean, he borderline is like the kid from Jer- uh, Jerry Maguire, where he's like, he's supposed to be cute, but at the same time, like, God, he's so fucking annoying. I mean, oh, gosh, God. <laughs> All right. You know, but, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll get to it. So, you know, overall, it, it's just a fun movie. It's a great movie to show to kids, you know, where it's not so scary where they're going to have nightmares, and I think they could have a good time. You know, the kids are a big part of it. It's starting with mice, and, you know, it, and it's a, a quick movie. Um but let's get into the, the uh, narration first. Uh, so yeah, we well, I are in before, Norway. Before you answer the yeah, narration point, I was just about to just say with that too. So like, yeah, I think for like in like Sam's case as well, you know, being that she's entertained and watched movies like it and stuff like that, yeah. whereas she might see a creep factor like in this, but like she even said, you know, that this is going to be creep. Like her exact words were like, you know, I don't know. Like, if somebody was like maybe six to to like eight year old, eight years old, I, I don't know if they should watch it. You know, and like you said though, you right. know, like this is probably a movie really tailored towards like, well, especially at the time, like ten, eleven, and twelve year olds. You know, but nah, these mm-hmm. days, ten, eleven, and twelve year olds are are watching shit that like you know would have fucking horrified the shit out of us at that age. <laughs> well, I mean, I was watching Friday Thirteenth when I was a kid. <laughs> uh, I was watching you know, Dawn of the Dead. Me. You know, so yeah, this is yeah, this is true, yeah. Halloween's all those movies. So anyway, uh, we start off in Norway where Helga is telling her grandson Luke about witches and how they dress normally, work ordinary jobs, and live in ordinary houses. They also wear wigs, which causes them to itch their scalps a lot because it itches them. 
Uh, and they have sensible shoes because their feet are square and without toes. They hide their clawed hands with gloves, and they also have purple tinges to their eyes. Every country has witches, and every country has a leader, the Grand High Witch herself. She warns Luke that witches hunt for children, and she shows her fucked up hand to him and saying, see what happens? And he's like, wow, that's fucked up. And she's like, uh-huh, what did I tell you? It's fucked up. So she eventually starts telling him the story <laughs> of Erica, a young girl that she knew growing up, and Erica was just unaware of the dangers of witches. And one day she gets kidnapped by a witch and gets put into a painting that her father just bought. And within this painting, we see Erica, and she eventually grows older and moves around to the painting until she becomes an old woman and vanishes. So again, fucked up. I don't believe it, Grandma. Believe it, son. It happens. Like, so she's just trying to Man, tell him exactly what how so fucked bad. up witches are. <laughs> <laughs> so, so anyway, Bruce Wayne's parents show up, and they decide to leave home without him and go see Zorro the Gay Blade. I don't know why fucking Bruce Wayne's parents show up, but they do. Like, it's, I was like, I know they're his parents, but I was like, I kept getting flashes of Batman. <laughs> see you, son. We're going out. Don't stay up too late. It's not about. Uh, the, you're never going to see us again. It's not about the pearls. It's not about the. It's, forget <laughs> yeah. about the damn pearls. <laughs> so of course, Luke gets one more story from Helga about the the witches, and she tells him that they have a great sense of smell, and that kids smell like dog droppings to them. So if you pass a woman in the street holding her nose, that's a witch, or in reality, you just need a fucking bath. Anyway, the next day. Quick shot of a made bed, which looks like there's bodies hidden underneath. What kind of fucked up shit is hell you into? I don't know. But we also find out that the parents are gone. They're dead. They're just, you know. And I was like, oh, well, it is the Wayne story. It is the Batman story. This kid's going to be the Norwegian <laughs> Batman. He's going to come in and windfall <laughs> money, and he's going to fight crime. But, no, instead, they decide to move to England. And one day, while Luke is in his makeshift treehouse, he's approached by a witch who shows off a cool snake and offers him chocolate. I'll be like, all right, I'm dead. As a kid, I'm dead, because that witch shows up with chocolate and snakes. I'm like, fuck yeah. Like, next thing you know, I'm in a fucking thing. <laughs> like, instead, this kid's like, no way. Grandma, grandma. She's like, dude, fucking chill out. Ch- chill, chill. You don't need to get your grandma. She can't even hear you. Just come down, and I'll show you a cool snake. And he's like, yeah, I'm not about this. And then she's like, okay, well, just come down. And then the grandma comes out to say, it's dinner time. And the witch is like, oh, fuck, I'm out of here. And quickly off down the road she goes. And with her snake in hand laughing to herself. So, you know, he was smart enough Strange to get away from that witch. I would have been dead. <laughs> like, you know, that witch could have been like, I have comic books and VHS movies. I'd be like, all right, I'm dead. <laughs> I would have been running to her. Like, you know, come on, let's go. Oh, you're a witch. I don't care. That's cool. Show me your fucked up hands. <laughs> I wouldn't have been, a, I would have been a great target for them. So anyway, on his ninth birthday, Helga gives him with some mice before she gives herself with a mild case of diabetes. So that's a nice gift she gave herself. Um, diabetes. She's advised by her, yeah, which they yeah. call it throughout the movie diabetes. They don't call it diabetes; they call it diabetes. But she's advised by her doctor to take a summer vacation by the sea. So Helga and Luke end up at the hotel Bournemouth, which is run by Mr. Stringer, aka Mr. Bean, Rowan Atkinson. And it's also being attended by a group of witches posing as a royal society for the prevention of cruelty against children. Can you think of a lesser fucking title for your group? Just be like, oh, you know, <laughs> we're the, the group against uh, uh, killing kids. But it's led by Eva Ernst, the Grand High Witch, as we'll find out. And that's when Luke meets the real Francis of the Pee Wee story, Bruno Jenkins. Like, I like to eat pies and cakes, and I like to eat all this. Bruno Jenkins? <laughs> <laughs> 
Leroy Jenkins. Leroy Jenkins. Leroy Jenkins. Leroy Jenkins. Leroy Jenkins. Going hard as a motherfucker on his all the cakes and the pies. And Luke also makes Man. an enemy with Mr. Stringer when his pet mice frighten Stringer's maid girlfriend. Helga threatens to expose the unhealthy conditions of the hotel to the press. The Stringer just allows Luke to keep his mice as long as they keep them in the room. So that's all good. Like, don't worry about it. Just got to get out of here. I just I love Rowan Atkinson as his character. Just trying to keep the peace, you know, and he's trying to please his maid girlfriend who's just freaking out the entire time about mice. Um, so the two go down to the dining room to get something to eat. Helga notices Ernst and feels like she knows her but can't remember from where. As she goes to sip her tea, it's loaded with sugar. And we see Ernst giving her a sly grin. I was like, I love the fact that Ernst is like, sugar. Ah. I'll give her some sugar in her tea. <laughs> And that's going to make her a diabetic coma, and that could take care of Luke if I need to, but no. Anyway, Luke ends up exploring the hotel, and he comes into the grand hall of the stage and several rows of red velvet chairs set up. He lays underneath the chairs and has his mice practice a mini high-wire act. Just as the congregation of witches arrive for their meeting, Luke immediately notices her eyes and one attempts to take her wig off. Not yet. Nope. Stringer's not nope. in the room yet. Can't do that. So once Stringer leaves... That's when Ernst instructs them all to remove their shoes and wigs. And as they do this, Ernst removes her skin with the help of her assistant and in her true form, resembling a repulsive, stringy-haired rat with a long nose. Ernst demands to know why these aren't getting results. I love the fact that she's like, all right, motherfuckers, why aren't you delivering on what I told you to do? One kid a week? Bitch, that is low numbers. We got to raise them numbers up. I need at least 100 kids. And they're giving me one? That's weak shit. Who's got an explanation for me, huh? Huh? Who? Which one of you has an explanation? They're like, I don't know. I don't know. Like, all right. We need every kid in the world. We just need to fucking destroy them all. And, of course, one of the witches goes, well, that's impossible. What? Did you say something? No. No, I, I just said that, uh, you know, we can't kill every kid in the world. Oh, bitch, ashes. And she immediately points her finger and turns this witch into ash. And she's like, anybody else got something to say? Do I need to point at you two? Who needs else to turn in ash? Nobody else wants to say something. No, we're good. Did, did so I fucking stutter? <laughs> well, as Grandma so, explained to us earlier, the head witch mm-hmm. is the most evil, hated witch mm-hmm. person in the entire <laughs> world. Evil. And it's, it's, it's Angelica Houston with a great German accent. I just love this German accent that she has. Like it's just, it, it, it worked for me the entire time. Um, but she instructs all the witches to quit their jobs, to retire, do whatever you have to do. Ernst is going to give them all money to open up their own sweet shops, and then she makes it rain with some money. <laughs> Everybody gets money. Everybody gets money. Get your money. And they're like, yay, this is awesome. I love this conference. We all get money. But she, of course, tells them that they have to buy their stores and they'll have a gala opening offering free candy for the children. And that's when Ernst introduces Formula 86, which when ingested by the children, turn them into mice. So that's the thing. You need five doses for it to work instantly, 500 doses for it to work instantly. Within 25 seconds, they'll turn instantly into a mouse. Lesser doses will take about two hours and then the child will turn into a mouse. These witches get real fucking psyched, and she's like, all right, everybody shut up. Shut up. And they're like, okay, no, no problem. And that's when she explains that she gave a foul-smelling fat kid a few doses, and soon they'll be able to see the formula in action. 
And that's when who else comes but fucking Bruno knocking on that door. Let's talk about Bruno. And all of a sudden, oh, fuck, oh, fuck, get your wigs on, get your wigs on, get your shoes on. Oh, fuck, oh, fuck, he's coming. Like, this actually wants his chocolate. Like, you know, let's get ready. And then Bruno enters, hold it, and he watches them all hold their noses in disgust. And he's like, excuse me, but I believe that you owe me more chocolate. So, Caramel, you told me so. And she's like, come up, little boy, come up and get your chocolate. And I think that I want it. And then all of a sudden, Ernst says, this is about 15 seconds, you're going to see some shit. And they're all excited about to see that. And all of a sudden, within 15 seconds, Bruno starts transforming as he lets out a huge belch and lets out some green smoke. We have ignition. Bruno the mouse quickly runs away from everybody after being transformed. In my movie, they would have just grabbed him and crushed him to death. But again, PG, can't do that. Can't show you know, a little mouse getting crushed to death, and that's the end of Bruno, because we have to see him survive. Kids survive in these movies. I mean, yeah, because they, they, the the they, they didn't do it in the remake either. They were really tame about that in the remake as well. Yeah. Oddly enough. <laughs> so Ernst instructs them all to come to room 208 in groups of 10. So it gives them all 500-dose bottles of Formula 86, and to remember to wear their nose plugs when in the dining room due to all the stinky-ass kids. Does anybody bathe these days? No. So it's probably a problem, not just for witches. But we also find out that if an adult eats the dose chocolates, too bad for them, mouse. So it's like, okay, so it's not just for kids. If anybody takes the formula, they can turn into a mouse. Oh, it's so it's, it's like happens, Oprah. One of the witches... You know, you're a mouse. You're going to get a mouse. You're a mouse. You're a mouse. Free mouse. Everybody's a mouse. So as <laughs> this happens, one of the witches smells something foul. It's a child. It smells like dog droppings. They eventually find oh, Luke so and attempt to grab him, but he manages to escape. Ernst spots Luke a hiding poop, baby. Uh, on a hip. So Ernst runs outside in search of Luke along with the other witches, and he's hiding you know, on a hillside. She sees him hiding and then gets him to come out by being like a fucking boss and pushing a baby in a stroller down a hill. And just <laughs> as the baby just goes careening yeah, down you, the fucking hill. So great. You know, with her little bye-bye, <laughs> just gives it a little whoopsie push. She was like, yes, okay, this, this is why this is the woman that's going to go on and, and, and play, you know, the, the, the matriarch of the Adams family. This is that, Morticia, like, yeah. I just, you know, she just has that, that like, she, she can be a beautiful woman, but at the same time, she just has that, like, witchy, evil, mysterious quality about her that just makes her very believable in this. And I just love the fact that the other witches come running out and they're like, baby, baby, <laughs> as the thing goes careening almost over the cliff. But luckily, Luke is there and he saves the baby from going right over the cliff, but then he has to keep on running, you know, because he wants to make sure that he escapes the witches. So he makes it back to the room, but Helga's passed out due to diabetes. So Ernst and the witches find him and bring him back to the main <laughs> hall where they force 500 doses of formula. By early whirling signs, she could have caught to, to protect herself. <laughs> well, no, she she got dosed mm. by Ernst. Ernst put all that sugar in her tea. Like, that was the whole thing. Like, you know, Ernst wanted to fucking do away with her. Somehow knew that she had diabetes. I guess she smelled it like a dog. Like, you know how dogs smell like cancer? Like, I guess they could smell diabetes, some people. So they're like, oh, we'll just give him sugar and we'll kill him. <laughs> I don't know how it works. You know, I, I don't know, but that's probably how it happened. Um, so, yes, Helga is passed out. Luke is grabbed. He's brought back to the Grand Hall, and he's forced the 500 doses, and then they witness him instantly turn into a mouse, and they attempt to kill him, 
but they're kind of lazy about it, where Ernst's like, get him, get him, find him. Oh, he's gone away? No, fuck it. We don't care. He's not important. <laughs> Just real quickly, like, you know, we don't care anymore about this guy. So Luke eventually finds Bruno, and Bruno's like, hey, what's going on? He's like, I found all these snacks down here. And he's like, dude, you're a mouse. And he's like, no, I'm not. And he's like, dude, you fucking are. And he's like, oh, shit, that's cool. Like, all right, I'm into this. <laughs> So they make it back to Helga eventually And Helga's like oh my god you're a fucking mouse What am I going to do And she's like I'm so sorry But I had a diabetic coma And he turned into a mouse I'm so sorry I wasn't there And he's like no that's fine He's like what we need to do Is we need to get some of that Formula 86 And dump it into the soup That all the witches will end up eating And become mice ourselves and I've never heard somebody pronounce the P in soup so fucking hard as this fucking kid. Like, every time he said that fucking word, soup. So I was like, Jesus, like, you don't need to pronounce it that hard. Like, it's just soup. You know, but he always did it. And I was like, all right, man, he was a kid. And he's naturally annoying. But Ernst and her assistant returned to the room that Luke managed to evade. And Ernst's cat is on the hunt for him. She sees him, runs around, tries to get him, but he eventually grabs the Formula 86 runs back to Helga, and decides that she needs to get Bruno back to his parents. Unfortunately, his parents aren't too keen on having a mouse son. So Mouse Bruno goes hard in some grapes, and he tries to tell his parents that it's really me, and they're like, uh, what the fuck? Like, no, that, no, I'm sorry, that's not my kid, that's a fucking mouse. Like, get the fuck out of here. Like, just leave, I don't know what you're talking about. So, of course, Bruno has to go back with Helga and Luke. Sorry about that, Bruno. We're going to talk about you. Promise. So Helga is spotted by Ernest <laughs> in the main hallway, but manages to slip away. Stringer's girlfriend finds the bottles of Formula 86 and thinking it to be some kind of perfume. She dabs some on her neck uh, and a little playful dab on her chest. Like, oh, my. Look at that. Quite cheeky, huh? <laughs> oh, it's, it's so cheeky. And I'll put, so, and I'll put, and I'll put some down here. <laughs> Mr. Well, Bean is going to love this. In a kid movie, all of a sudden you see the hands going down in between her legs. Like, what are you doing? You're doing PG. <laughs> Oh, nothing. I was just putting it down. I don't know. I don't know what I was doing. <laughs> Sorry. That's PG-13, miss. Um, so Ernst and the witches arrive at the celebration that they're about to have, and she quickly tells her assistant, Susan Irvine, that she isn't invited. You're an assistant. You're an employee. Just go back to your room. And, of course, at that point, Irvine's like, you know what? I quit and stomps off. It's like, oh. I mean, you know, probably being in the room would be better, but, you know. You don't have to be in this uh, celebration. They were a bunch of boring witches. Um, but Helga is terrified to put their plan into action. But Luke tells her that every kid in the world can die unless they do something. So, of course, she enters the kitchen and puts Luke into a pile of potatoes before being escorted out by a couple of the cooks. So Luke ends up in the pile of French fries that are being prepared to go into the fryer, and he eventually makes it over to the soup and notices that one of the cooks is a witch. And I love this woman. I fucking loved her so much. She was so fucking animated the entire time, you know, with her glowing purple eyes when she eventually samples the soup after Luke knocks the Formula 86 into it, and you see her just putting her hands up like a mouse and just, like, sniffing the air. I was like, oh, I love this woman. Like, she was fully committed to, to doing this part. Yeah, but yeah, but also the uh, main chef in this area, he's also the one that's um, the, the head of uh, the butlers in Downton Abbey. Okay. I never saw an episode of that, so that's interesting. Okay. Um, oh, okay. Is that, the, is that the chef that was told uh, by one of the guys that the uh, the customer found the veal too tough? 
So he starts slapping yeah, inside the it, trash can. <laughs> Dude, like, that was that, him. That yeah. was so gross. And you know, like it's funny. Like like Sam like noticed it, and she's like, "Ew." She goes, "I hope I hope they never do that. Like at, at a restaurant. Like if I send my food back, and I'm like." Listen, kid, I go, this is why you never send your food back, okay? Like, nope. don't, don't do it. <laughs> they take it as an insult. You can smile. You can, you know, eat a little bit of it, put it in a box, take it home, throw it out afterwards, order something else if you so like. But do not send what it is that you ordered nope. back and be like, I never. want this different. Never. Nope. I have never complained I, at a restaurant I, ever. I, I, I don't care if it tastes bad. I disagree with what? that. Look, okay, well, I have worked in getting spit your food. Uh, not no. I'm going to tell you that I have, uh, and the ghoul will attest to this, that I have worked in restaurants for over 15 years of my life. And the fact is that if you have a legitimate shit, is uh, it more like 20 something? Probably close to 20, but the fact remains that if you have a legitimate issue, let us say you order your hamburger medium rare and it comes out well done, uh, you know, legitimate things like that, you are not going to have a problem. I have never seen problems. Uh, if you're like one of these people, uh, like in the end of waiting or the guy in, in like yeah. Best Times at Richmond High where like you can <laughs> yeah. the whole thing and there's only some scraps left on your plate and then you're going to complain about it, then you might have some issues. And in all of my years working in restaurants, I have never seen uh, and I'm not saying it hasn't happened, but I never in my own eyes doing every single job you can do in a restaurant from working the door to washing dishes to managing to cooking to serving to bartending, etc. Uh, I have never with my own eyes seen someone spit in food, put pubic hair on food or anything like that. If you have a legitimate complaint about something with the dish that you ordered, uh, you know, in most every single case, the restaurant will be fine in, or in, in, in setting you up a replacement. And I stand by my statements all from experience. And that's, that's great, great I mean, because that's that's, really great. you've but obviously I'm never you obviously never worked the same place as I have. <laughs> yeah, I know, I'm not rolling that dice, baby. I'm not doing it. Like I don't. I mean, if it's bad, I'm just gonna be like, oh, this is so good. Like, oh my god, like this is the best food I've ever had. And then I'll just take it home and throw it out. I'm just, I'm not rolling the dice. Like I'm sure, like reputable businesses, and you know, if you say there's something wrong, I'll take care of it and bring it out to you. I am not doing it. Like I remember, I ate at the uh, Cheesecake Factory years ago. And I found a piece of a plate in my uh, thing of nachos, and I told the manager about it. I was like, I, I don't, like, just, it's fine. It's fine. It's fine. And he's like, no, 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 no. Let me take it back and, and, and explain it to the guys in the back. I'm like, no, 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 don't do that. Don't do that. Don't do that. Like, just, yeah. <laughs> I, I'll put it in my pocket. I, I look, you know what? I'll, I say forget about it. joke. Yeah, I say it all as a joke. I don't really believe, like, that's that's something that's going to happen regularly. But, you know, like, images just, like what I happened on a road trip are just, like, burned into my head. You know, where the guy's <laughs> sticking the waffle, like, up his ass and, like, pants. rubbing it on his <laughs> yeah. dick and shit. And I'm just like, man, like, yep. I just, nah, I couldn't. <laughs> I couldn't. I, 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 I then put extra. I'm not confident yeah, to do that. Licking all the powdered sugar off and then sticking it down his pants and stuff. Yeah. Go ahead. Yeah. Roll the dice. I'm not confident. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just I'm just not confident enough to do it. I just I refuse. Like I said, I, I put the little piece of plate in my pocket and I was like, We're good. All right, this is great. I'm I'm loving this place right now. <laughs> so I was like, I don't tell anybody in the back what I found, okay? I just wanna let you know, just between me and you guys, okay? Me and you. He's like, All right. He's like, Just have a good meal. And I'm like, All right, and that's it. Like I just 
never going to do it because I just never know. <laughs> like, I know I feel nice. I'll be like, oh, this was a little well done for my taste. And the next thing you know, there's fucking dick prints, like, on my steak. I just I don't, <laughs> want, I don't want to know what it looks like. I just, I, you know, no. So, no one thinks it. So, anyway, uh, like I had said, Luke manages to knock the bottle of Formula 86 into the soup. Uh, the chef uh, tastes it, and she turns into a mouse. But we also see that the maid girlfriend of Stringer, he's meeting up with her and kind of kissing on her. And then all of a sudden he notices that there's fur growing on the places where she dabbed the Formula 86. And then she starts squeaking like a mouse as she's just kind of reaching for you know, fur in her neck going, oh, my God. We never see that she turns into one, but you can tell that she's going to. Um, so back in the dining room, Bruno's father, he demands that he has to have the crest soup that the witches are eating and not the kakaliki that he's being forced to eat, according to Mr. Stringer. He's like, I don't want the fucking kakaliki. I want the fucking crest soup. Fine. I'll get you the fucking soup. Uh, yeah, just, I love how brash he is about everything. Like, yeah, snapping his fingers to get Stringer to come over. Um, so now the chef fully in mouse mode runs out into the party of witches and tells them not to eat the soup, but she's squashed by Ernst's foot exploding into green goo. So when witches die, they, they explode either into ash or green goo. I just, I like it. Just that squish and then just this explosion. It's great. Um, Helga notices that Mr. Jenkins, Bruno's father, is about to eat the poisonous soup and she stops him before he can eat it. And now we can definitely talk about Bruno once more as he begins to talk to his mom and dad from Helga's purse. And then Helga asks them if they'd like to know who did this to their son as all the witches start turning into mice. So we get these great explosions of green smoke. We see all these witches in different forms of mouse as they all start to turn. And that's when Helga's like, that woman over there did it. You know, she's the one that turned your son into this mouse. And, you know, that's when you know, Mr. Jenkins stands up and he's like, oh, my God, this is who did it. And we see that Ernst isn't really turning into a mouse too fast because she's the Grand Witch. It takes her a little bit longer. But eventually she does, telling Helga that she's going to get her. And she's like, no, no more times. You're done. Helga manages to trap the transformed Ernst under a glass water jug. And then she's like, Mr. Stringer, Mr. Stringer, there's a particularly <laughs> ugly one under that water jug over there. I think you need to take care of it. And we come over there, all Michael Myers. Fucking... <laughs> <laughs> it looks like... This fucking, like, little mini rat from Dead Alive. I love how they made her look different from all the other mice. Where it's just like a naked, disgusting little rat. Um, and eventually Stringer lifts up the, the glass jar and takes his knife and slices her in half. And then he gets squirted in the face by her blood. And he's like, ugh, ugh. <laughs> you know? So there's no more urns. She's out of the picture. She's dead. So Bruno is once more reunited with his parents. And then they just have to get used to having a fucking mouse in the sun. Like, that's a fucking talk show episode. My son's a mouse. Turn by way ah. on the next trip show. <laughs> yeah, except it didn't go that way in the book. <laughs> in, I in never the read book, the book, his, so I his, can't say. In the, in the book, his parents were so disgusted by it that they drowned him in a bucket of water. <laughs> what? Oh, I love Roald Dahl. Roald Dahl is fucking so twisted. <laughs> like, I love how fucking evil he is. <laughs> he yeah, it's just it's a, it's the... The parents were so bad that they were so disgusted that they drowned Bruno in a bucket of water. Yeah, because the only one I ever read from Roald Dahl was uh, Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. And he fucking killed those kids in that book, like, so violently compared to the movies. (laughs) He really made those kids suffer, you know, for just liking candy. Um, But, yeah, no, No. I I have to read The Witches now because that's funny. (laughs) Um, 
Yeah. <laughs> yeah, just rolled up. It's like killing kids. So that's all I can think of. Um, but once this is all over, you see that all the, the cooks and all the staff are killing all the mice as well. So they're basically getting rid of the witches. They just don't know it. Like, they just see mice, you know, and it's a problem, obviously. So they're just beating them with, you know, butcher knives and whatever they can find. So they're literally doing the world a service by getting rid of all these witches, unbeknownst to them. So the next day, or they don't really give a passage of time, so it could be the next day, Helga and Luke return home to where Ernst's truck full of money and address book arrive. And we get to see that there's a whole contraption set up for Luke. And so he could ride giant, down the stairs. And I think yep. that's what shows you the passage of time. Because earlier yes. in the film, yep. Luke showed a design that he was going to do for William and Mary, his two mice, of, uh, the of like a whole yeah. entire traveling system that he was going to do. So I think the passage of time shows that they built this in the house. It's not like it was there already. Um, no, no, no. But, yeah, no, I, just, I, yeah. I just love that this gigantic bundle of money arrives with this, this gigantic <laughs> Louis Vuitton case, no less. You know, like I saw the design on it, and I'm like, wow, look at that Louis Vuitton there. That's an expensive case. Yep. Oh, hell yeah. I mean, it was Ernst's case, yeah. so of course it's going to be expensive. Yeah. She had expensive taste. Yeah. Yeah, and that was an actual Louis Vuitton case. I think it was actually like worth like $45,000. <laughs> it was probably Damn. Angelica Houston's case. Like, actually used one of her cases. I'm sure she could afford it. I'm sure she had no problem buying a Louis Vuitton. You know, but anyway... So, yes, we see that there's all these contraptions set up in the house so that Luke can get around as a mouse. So he's got this really cool fucking little car that he can ride down, you know, so he can be with his aunt. And he fucking sleeps in the Ghostbusters fucking firehouse, which I was like, oh, dude, yes. <laughs> <laughs> you know, what better place to sleep than the Ghostbusters HQ? Like, that's awesome. With, um, with all but, of the uh, defining labels and specific things yes. that would definitely identify it as the Ghostbusters house, but you know for a mm-hmm. fact that that toy was the Ghostbusters firehouse, man. There was no no fucking oh. way around it. Yep. <laughs> no, there was no way to say that's just a firehouse. Like, it was clearly the Ghostbusters, because I had that as a kid. So even as a kid, I was like, I have that too. That fucking owns. Like, you know, I, was like, I, I loved, I missed that toy. I wish they would bring it back. I'd buy it as a fucking old man I am now. But, um, so yeah, that's where he sleeps. But he finds out that he also ordered the address book, of all the witches in the United States. So they get all this money. They have the address book. Let's fucking go to the U.S. and kill all these witches. I was like, dude, Luke, you're a fucking badass now all of a sudden. Just want to fucking kill witches for the living? You are badass. Cue Jay and Silent Bob. <laughs> now they're going to go around like Jay and Silent Bob. We're going to go and fuck some shit up. we going <laughs> to How many people want to kick some ass? Just showing up to every door of the witches. Are you the witch that goes by the name of Angela? Yes. And then he just start kicking her ass. <laughs> Stomping on her. I was like, yeah, that would have been a great fucking ending. But, no, we just had the plan being put into place. So they have all the cash now. It's going to allow them the opportunity to do that. So that night, a newly reformed Susan Irvine shows up, and now she's a good witch. She's in whites, and she's, oh, I'm a good witch. Like, you know, the Wizard of Oz type shit. Because uh, now she doesn't practice evil. She works for good. So she stands outside the house where Helga and Luke live, and she turns Luke back into a human boy. And dude, no, because he wrecked his fucking Ghostbusters HQ. Because he turned yeah, into a human boy I know. while he's in it. 
and it's ruined now. I was like, you know what? You're going to have to buy another one, you naked-ass kid. You just destroyed your Ghostbusters <laughs> firehouse. But he's human, so it's going to be – I just, oh, it's so creepy watching it happen. I'm like, oh, no. Like, <laughs> just seeing him burst out yeah. of the fire. It's like, I'm a real boy again. Oh, okay. Put some fucking pants on, dude. I'm a real boy. You know <laughs> <laughs> So she transforms the book back into a human boy. Ghostbusters Firehouse, rest in peace. It's destroyed. Uh, then Irvine also returns his mice to him, saying, you know, you're home now. You can go back. You know, so she waves goodbye to them outside the house. And Luke tells her, don't forget about Bruno. We talked a lot about Bruno. We're not going to forget about him, all right? And that's how it ends. We never find out if she did it or not. I love the fact that they never show it because it's like she probably was like, fuck that kid. I only have time for what? I'm leaving. <laughs> so Bruno had to spend the rest of his life in yeah. the fucking mouse. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and then in closing, another big difference is in the book, he never gets changed back. He gets he has to spend the rest oh, okay. of his days as a mouse. Um, so, so, and they literally, and it literally ends of he knows that he only has a couple of years. Grandma only has a couple of years, and he's like, "Don't worry, right. Grandma. We're both gonna die. We're both gonna die all together hunting witches." That's awesome. You know, I mean, I kind of like that in a way, the fact that he never got turned back, you know, and he just kind of stays as a mouse and his grandmother stays the way that she was smoking her weed. I never believed that was a cigar once during the movie. I was like, That's just a <laughs> light, lighten up that blunt. <laughs> yeah, Blue that wasn't a cigar. That, that was a fucking though. joint. Yeah, she liked those big fucking hog leg joints the entire time. That was the one cigars. I was like, come on, she's too happy to be fucking just smoking a cigar. Like, she's, you know, lightening up, and then at night she's listening to a little bit of Bob Marley, and she's like, it's going to be all right. Like, Why are you talking like a Jamaican, Grandma? No, never mind. Just my cigars. My fun cigars. <laughs> Grandma's in her funny cigars. They always smell weird. Because they change sizes so much during the movie. Like, the first one she lights up, it's like a small one, and then all of a sudden she's got a big old fat hog leg. I'm like, no, she's rolling her own joints. Those are not. Sometimes, sometimes she just <laughs> needs to pin her to take the edge off, and other times she wants to fucking be blasted, you know? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's a good statement. Because that's just, like the doctor tells her, like, oh, yeah, the cigars aren't going to help either. And she should have been like, there aren't cigars. She's like, you know, it's 420 <laughs> somewhere. Am I right, Doc? <laughs> yes, yes, yes. She just and that's when he pulls one out. Anyway. He's like, you're damn right. <laughs> yeah, you know, that's why she's just happy all the time. She's just very lucid. And it's like, wow, those cigars smell funny. And she's like, get the fuck out of my room. Like, You've been so long now. Like, don't you have a Ghostbusters Firehouse to play with? Oh, shit, I do. All right, see you later, Grandma. Enjoy your weed. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> so, so fuck them with you. I'm going to put some ashes of that witch into my fucking weed next time. Be like a real boss. <laughs> smoke your ass. <laughs> Literally, Grandma's <laughs> fucking hard. Grandma's got some tattoos we don't know about. I'm sure. <laughs> like fuck, Grandma, what's like, going you know, on? Quit <laughs> 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 being a bitch, Luke. <laughs> Otherwise, you're gonna end Come up with your parents Luke. who mysteriously. <laughs> Come on, Luke. It's Friday. <laughs> <laughs> you ain't you got, ain't no got job. shit to do. <laughs> <laughs> you a Come mouse. On. You ain't doing no shit. <laughs> I got the new NWA CD. You want to listen to it while we choke up? Oh, hell yeah, Grandma. Happy <laughs> Friday. 
whole movie is just grandma a little... blowing, smoke, blowing smoke on like Mouse Luke the entire time. Fucking Mouse Luke all fried. His eyes are all like fucking bloodshot and shit. He's like, yeah, man, oh. good. <laughs> or she's so fucking good with her rolling. She rolls him a little, little tiny, tiny joint. <laughs> and then you see oh, a little mouse puppet. He's got the cutest little joint for a mouse. <laughs> you just see him light it up, and all of a sudden he's wearing a necklace that has like the Africa on it. <laughs> he's just laying back. Do you see now oh, all this man, doing like, this is bringing is up dance. like images of that dinner which dinner for schmucks movie with uh, with Steve Carell <laughs> where he likes to take fucking mice oh, yeah. and yeah. like set them up like all the dead carcasses and he sets <laughs> yeah. them up in all those different things the dire the dire yeah the dioramas and everything that he does to see what's sitting there sunglasses <laughs> on and a fucking nice little tube. Fucking Snoop Dogg sitting next to him, <laughs> like those like the Andy Samberg commercials that are rolling, except it's a fucking mouse instead of a guy. He's <laughs> wearing a Rastafari hat, just hanging out. Weren't we supposed to be <laughs> fucking doing something, Grandma? Like, like we got a lot of money, and like we're supposed to like do something with it. And she's like, I don't fucking know, man. Like I'm so fucking big, <laughs> like I can't my... even feel my hands. It's it's like buy some more weed. weed. <laughs> <laughs> Where are we supposed to kill witches in like the United States or something, dude? You're <laughs> fucking tripping balls, Luke. Like you're crazy. Let me tell you, you're crazy. Right, fucking Tom, fucking Luke United is now States. played by Tommy Chong. Like that. That's great. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, now when she oh, opens yeah, the case too, amazing. and you see, and you see all the money with uh, with the dean's favorite favorite individual on it, you know. So so think now <laughs> nowadays that case gets open, it's it's gonna have somebody else on it, you know. Good old Charlie yeah. boy, <laughs> big old fucking gap tooth Charlie. I did it. I'm 73 and I got a real job, mom. Oh, she's dead. Oops, sorry, <laughs> sorry. Yeah, she's dead. <laughs> Just call into the dean from beyond the grave. Hello, dean. I'm still here. No, no, get out of my movie, Queen. She's dead. She's dead. She can't haunt me anymore. Easy, she can't hurt you anymore. But anyway, with that being said, yes, that was The Witches from 1990, directed by Nicholas Rogue. We're kicking off the spooky season next week. It is the ghouls pick. So what are we talking about next week, Ghoul? All right, so, you know, again, like I said, originally we were going to do this whole werewolf by night thing, but but the runtime on that right. is a little too, too low. It's just too too short, too short. Too and, short. And you know what? It is, it's, it's Halloween season, and, and you know, we, we did family-friendly this week. I'm going to trek us back a little bit. I'm going to take us to the 1980s, uh, 1982 mm. to be exact. Um, we, we made mention of an anthology series earlier. This one shares a similar name, except it adds an S. We're going to do Trick or Treats from 1982, oh, like which is which is available on Shutter for for anybody that would like to watch prior to uh, to, to our episode next week. Um, and, and this way, nobody has to uh, you know. Hopefully, you all have a subscription. Otherwise, I don't know where else you can find it. I'm sure if you want to contact the monkey, he'll tell you how to pirate it. Being that he's now, legal, I, I, being that he's now legal and he has all of his own official shit, you know, at least he could be telling other people how to how to buck the system. Yeah, dude, I have to be so mum on this one because I know this movie very well, and oh yeah, we're just, we're just gonna talk about it next week. It's Gary Graver. It's 1982. It's Trick or Treats. It it it's gonna be exactly what you think it is. So we'll talk about it next week. We'll see what you guys think about it. I definitely have thoughts about it. So, again, Dean, thank you so much for joining us tonight for The Witches, and we'll see you back here next week for Trick or Treat.
Oh, thank you so much for having me. I cannot wait. Excellent. All right, Monkey, why don't you go ahead and sign yourself off? Woohoo! October's here, everybody, and thanks for listening to tonight's episode of Talking Terror. Good night, everybody. Mwah! Mwah! Big kisses to you, too, baby. I love you. <laughs> we'll see you back here next week. Boys, your kisses. belly kisses, All right. man. <laughs> no, I give the best kisses. All right? I give the best. Everybody just has no complaints. It's just like, you know what? I felt that. And I'm like, thank you. You know what? Rate me on Yelp. So anyway, cool. Why don't you go ahead and sign yourself off? Oh yeah, yeah. Chop, chop, everybody, and uh, don't don't eat strange candy given to you by women with purple eyes and funky feet and itchy scalps. Um, and if you have an itchy scalp, get yourself some Head and Shoulders uh, Head and Shoulders dandruff <laughs> shampoo. It will absolutely help take care of that situation. Otherwise. Stay scared, everybody, and we will see you next week. Stay scared. And as always, I'm your old pal, the King of Horror, Andy G, thanking you so much for listening to this episode as we kick off spooky season. And we're going to keep it rolling with the ghoul's pick next week of Trick or Treats from 1982, directed by Gary Graber. Hail Satan, hail yourselves, hail Odorous, keep America strong, watch horror movies. And on the other side of things, if you do see a woman with purple eyes and fucked up feet and she gives you candy and snakes, you know what? Do what I would do and just go for it, man. What's the worst that could happen? You get put into a painting and then you just fucking hang out for the rest of your life until you die. Not a bad living. No taxes, no job, no nothing to do. Just exist in a painting. Not a bad life. Yeah, it's me, but, you know, not for everybody. So why don't you just stay away from witches? I guess listen to the ghoul. You know, I'm, I'm not good. I'm dead. I'm the first one gone. <laughs> so, anyway, we'll see you back here next week. Can't wait to see you. Have a good rest of your week.